<clears throat> Welcome everyone to this spooky town, the Comics Pals Book Club. Every month, you, the listener, has a chance to pick the book club that we tackle, and because it's October, you know we gotta do something creepy. And y'all voted for Harrow County Volumes 1 and 2 from Cullen Bunn and Tyler Crook. Uh, I don't know, listen, is that can wrong? I, can I just say that it's not actually October anymore for the listener? <laughs> It's it was October spooky, yesterday. Though. You're getting you're getting the spooky uh, yeah, residuals yeah. there. The, it's the leftover spooks. I figure that's why this won the the, the book club. Actually, I uh, mean, yeah. look at the four of us. We're still we're we're creepy in and ourselves. So like, that uh-huh. just, whoa, hey, whoa, hold on, speak for yourself, well, buddy. I mean, speaking I of that, like, what do you, Tyler? Do you see that coming through the swamp? What is that? Is that oh, is that like, Marco? That looks like oh. Marco's muck. It's a muck hole. <laughs> right there, Marco, right in, right in his do you face. Hear that? Do you hear that in the distance, Marco? Is that what are the? Oh my God! What's this in my hand? Is that? It's tickets to the Tyler of Terror. The Tyler of Terror. Tyler. It's like it's like a it's a theme park. It's a Tower of Terror, but my name on it. I like that one. That was good. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, looming over us all as inevitability himself, there's Sean, the Endless One. Hey, feels good to be endless. Say, I always I wanted to say, live forever. I think it's something scarier, like Sean Shartley. Like that, nothing scarier than a shark. Mm. Thanks a lot, Tyler. <laughs> and I am the host of Sean's Nightmares, stalking you and appearing just as you least expect it, Freddie Kalger. Oh, nice. okay. All right. <clears throat> uh, now, before we get into the book club, let me tell you where you can get more of this if you so choose. You can find the Comics Pals anywhere on the internet as the Comics Pals. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Guys, we're even on Reddit. TikTok. Oh, and TikTok. Don't forget TikTok. We do a lot of stuff on TikTok. I don't know what it is. He's a master of that. Be real coming soon. Uh, We we tried it at uh, Comic-Con, you and I, Marco. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, You can write to us at our email or in the comment... Uh, the email is thecomicspals at gmail.com or in the comment, sec- comment section of wherever you're listening to this. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Listen, guys, it's a busted system, but it's the one that will get us anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to have a say in what the next book club will be, join our Patreon, where you can choose what we read and talk about. Let's talk about Harrow County. Can I Marco, just... This- I'm sorry, oh, okay. I just... Please. Bravo. Oh. I mean you didn't you didn't you didn't slip the YouTube or the Patreon in there, but uh He did the Patreon. But, oh oh you Patreon's did the Patreon. You yeah, got yeah. the Patreon, yes. Yeah. Hey YouTube. Good. It's good. This is on YouTube. Uh, They're already YouTube here. YouTube was in there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I heard YouTube. Okay. I mean, good job. Only, he just didn't I'm get the sure updated email YouTube. address, that's all. No, I did say the email address too. The new one. I I asked listen, I asked about the new one and no one gave it to me. So it's, that's it's on y'all. fine. It's You're I doing love well. at the comicspals.com. That's what it is. Contact at the comicspals.com. But you're good. You're good. You're great. I was trying to applaud you. Well done, Kale. This wasn't, well done. A, wasn't a bash. He was try, he's trying, trying, trying to applaud me, but I still did it wrong. Marco, Harrow County that is your familiar. favorite book. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite books. Yes. Uh, you were the one that turned me on to this book, and I gotta say, 
Good call. Yes, yes. That's that's the goal. Make Wait. Kale read more comics. Kale, is this your first time reading it for this? Uh, this is my second time reading second it. Time. Okay. Uh, but uh, did you make it? Fresh. Did you make it through both volumes last time? I read through uh, volume four. I, th- I think. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Continue to develop. So. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, What do you like about this so much? Because you, you uh, presumably you've read all of it. Yeah. So I have. I, I've read all of it, and actually, this gave me a perfect time to like read it, reread it in the floppy format that I have. I. Uh, mm. It's one of the few actual comics that I own uh, the entire run of in its entirety. Uh, I was a huge fan of this book, and in particular, it happened right after um, right after I read Wolf Moon from uh, Cullen Bunn and Jeremy Hahn, and like that kind of got me into his horror stuff. And this was the next series. I decided, you know what, I like this author. I'm gonna pick it up. And yeah, uh, it, it. I have some differing opinions from when I read it. I read it, you know, years ago whenever it was published, like 2017. So I've oh, grown as a reader since then. I feel like, and uh, some of these things landed a bit differently. But yeah, this was the thing to bring me into like full-on weekly comics alongside stuff like Saga and uh, the new 52 Swamp thing that was happening at the time. And um, yeah, it's good stuff. Now I noticed you, you said you had the whole print run. Um, iPads weren't invented yet. They, I didn't have one. I did not have one. I didn't know what Comicsology was. I was just, in, I was in a re- relatively fresh reader, and so the store was the only place I knew how to get it. Mm. I'd go to the shop. What year is this again? Yeah, I'm twenty, like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. I want to say we we're already doing the show. You, you were, uh, you weren't reading digitally. Yeah, I think no, not uh, at that I th- point. Oh, I think the the uh, uh, the volumes, the trade paperbacks, were twenty fifteen. Oh, so it might have been even earlier then. I don't yeah, know I was about it. to say. And I remember when this book came out, but I I I remembered like loving the fact that I would go pick it up on a month to month basis. Volume eight came out in twenty eighteen. So the first mm-hmm. issues came out in May of twenty fifteen. Final issue number thirty two, June of twenty seventeen. Okay, there you go. Yeah, early reader, young Marco. I was I was but a but a lad. I remember young Marco. I like young Marco a lot. <laughs> what what does it say about new Marco? Jeez, he's <laughs> a deviant apparently. Sean, you've got a relationship with horror that is tenuous. Sometimes I see it as tenuous. Mm. How did you like Harrow County? I don't even know if I like the premise of this statement, but uh, I, I love horror. Horror has been a part of my life since I was a little kid growing up in uh, New York City. Uh, a lot of horrific things you see on a daily basis. Um, yeah, I mean, I've read this before uh, when we had Tyler Crook on the show. Uh, read the first volume. Right. Uh, and then so the only new content here for me, the only new story was uh, volume two, which I actually um, didn't realize it was only three issues. I I had the huh, yeah the the trade mentality, so I just read. Uh, I I just kept on reading, um, and then I was like, oh wait, how long? Are-? Like at some point, like twelve eleven issues deep, 
I was like, wow, this is this is like a totally different thing than they were dealing with before. How how much of this is uh and then I realized I had overread. Uh so I finished I finished through 12. Um and okay. I I think like oh. that's probably the best. I'll give this book several compliments, but I didn't realize that I had overread for this because I was so invested in what I was reading that I was just like, oh, okay, I figure, you know, it'll make sense that that this is the full or that that this volume is volume two. It doesn't, but that's because I was off because I read too much. So I, I, I had a really good time with this. That's awesome. Wait, so the, the trades collect six issues, not four? So I, I'm saying like the, the, the volume two only collects the first three issues. I see. Okay. Or I'm sorry, the 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 it only collects eight three issues. I think it's eight, nine, and ten, or seven, eight, and nine, whatever it is. Right. It's five, it's a five, five through eight. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I so I ended up going a little bit uh a little bit further than that on this nice. one. Okay, cool. Tyler, tell me about Harrow County. Harrow County is a book. Um that Great I read. Start. Um yeah, so I remember when this book was coming out. Uh, I was actually a pretty big bun guy. I was a big bum boy uh, back in the mid-aughts, I guess. Um, I was really into his stuff at Marvel, uh, specifically his Venom run. I remember really liking. Uh, he had Fearless Defenders at the time, too, which had, like, Misty Knight and Valkyrie in it. Um, he was doing a, a really good Magneto run with uh, Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, from what I remember. Oh, um, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was... Like, this was revenge during the stuff. Yeah, this was during the Bendis era of, of, of X Men, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. So I, I was a big fan of his, his stuff there, even though like he always felt like the guy that kind of like did the next arc after a big arc, like um, like it was after Remender's uh of Venom, then he became the Venom guy, you know. Uh, after um, was it after um. Ellis's Moon Knight, I think he took over Moon Knight afterwards. So, like, he was always kind of, like, the next guy, I feel. But I, I, I tended to like it. I also liked his six-gun stuff. Um, That's pretty good. But it's weird. I never really got into bun horror. I mean, I guess you could say there are horror elements in Venom. But, uh, like, uh, he did, like, Black Manor, I think. was another one of them. Uh, but Cullen Bun horror joints, something that's, like that. No. That, that's the same artist, I believe. Black Manor, okay. I think, was Matt Kent. Okay. But um, yeah, so uh, this is just one of those books kind of snuck under the radar. I'll admit, at the time, I was a big, just big two guy. Um, the occasional uh, image stuff. I would say Saga was around this time, right? Yeah, but I read like the, the, the image books that like everyone was reading, the mainstream image number one stuff. Um, so Harrow County was like, oh, that's a cool cover. What is that in the Hellboy universe? And that's, and I, that's as far as the thought would go, you know? Um, but it was always one of those ones where, like, when you told me to read this, I looked at the trades and looked at the covers. I'm like, yeah, I fucking remember these books. I remember seeing these on the shelf. So, like, they definitely caught my eye. I just never really got to them. And honestly, kind of happy I did. So uh, I appreciate yes. this pick. I, I enjoyed this. And uh, Manor Black was Cullen Bunn and Tyler Crook. You're right. Okay, cool. Well, I'm happy. And, and really, that's what the Comics Pals is about. That's right. Satisfying me. You know, uh, sounds familiar. I'm I'm with I'm with Tyler in the sense that, you know, Cullen Bunn. I feel like is a name I've been seeing for what like ten years, uh, mm. starting from the Marvel stuff that 
never landed for me. Um, not not at any point. I I yeah. It, it even without knowing, I didn't know that there was a, another side to Cullen Bunn. I just knew the Marvel side, and I was like, this doesn't feel quite right. There's something incongruent about this. And uh, he, you know, I, I learned later, probably through this show more so, that he had this whole other, you know, horror side to him. And uh, yeah, this is definitely his wheelhouse. It, yeah, it very much was because um, when I was picking this stuff up, he would, for me, I kind of worked the other way around where I picked up his indie stuff and then led into the Marvel things. And so it never sat well when he picked up, uh, I think he was on X-Men for a little bit. And then he was on, he even did like a run of on Aquaman that I was really excited for as a, uh, following him as a writer, but then the actual execution never landed. And I, I always... To this day, I stand that anything that he writes that is horror or leaning into it is probably the thing you should be picking up more so than his superhero books because those things, I not the same quality. Mm. Yeah, I never, I guess with the exception of that Magneto that uh, Tyler previously mentioned, I never really found a way into Bun until I read Arrow County uh, previously. I was never, never, never really enjoyed his his uh his big two voice it just it just never worked for me like you say so uh this it's a smooth read uh buttery um it feels i had the thought of uh this could very easily be like over the garden wall like they're in like the same universe, just a little bit, you know, just like one more step removed. Mm-hmm. I, I watched my first episode of that like three days ago. So Ooh, then I get that. Gotta, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta finish that. Um Yeah, so I guess we should probably talk about what Harrow County's about, yeah? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Uh <laughs> Harrow County is about a young woman who on her eighteenth birthday finds out that she's the reincarnation or daughter of the town witch. She discovers she has powers and commands an amount of respect from the local haints and monsters that haunt the area. This, however, comes at the price of the love and respect of the townspeople. They quickly turn on her and attempt to kill her in the same fashion that they did her mother. She fights them off and decides that it will be her responsibility to act as a benevolent entity of the town, making it clear that she does not want to hurt anyone, but she can't. Hmm. Did you write that? I did. Yeah. Nice. Oh, did damn! All, all the compliments from Sean today. I thought, I thought that was a. I thought that was a, a like a synop. Like what do you call them? Um, a blurb. Solicit. That's what I thought that was. Look at that. Listen, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm missing my calling. Copyright. Maybe I found it. Okay. <clears throat> you know, so I I liked that uh, that aspect of it. It kind of felt like. My my gut says like hocus pocus, but like not campy. Um, it's more of like a, a horror version of that that classic witch story. Um, in this kind of uh, almost anachronistic, like I don't really know what time it is. I don't know what year it is. Mm. I don't really know where yeah. we are either. And I and I like that about it. Um, it doesn't really solidify where it is. Um, it it feels early. America, 
uh, early maybe 1900s. Yeah, right around the um, and and volume two sits. Uh, you know when we see the her sister. Um, she she comes from New York, which is very flapper, you know, very 1920s. But I don't necessarily, you don't necessarily get that vibe anywhere else. Yeah. Because even like, even like in the town where Emmy, the main character lives, um, it feels a little more advanced in time, even as. Uh, far far away from the city it is if that makes sense at all yeah like there's still some bits of what feels like technology it doesn't feel like this isn't like the vich right where or like, where you know they're stuck in whatever early 1800s or something <laughs> and... the vich yeah i thought it was the the vich no I, I think it's just the witch i don't i don't know yeah. it has bees i don't know uh and so yeah, I I think that aspect of keeping it ambiguous, it, it just feels like almost like a time, like a, a specific period piece, but without giving you the, the, oh, this is, you know, this Victorian era kind of thing, or it, it just sets you down in what would be plain Americana kind of style. And yeah, I really, really like that aspect of it. And I think it plays really well into the story, really, really, really well into the art, because Tyler Kirk can just kind of go all out with this kind of stuff. Uh, so for for that i think setting this is the perfect place to tell that kind of story almost like an early salem feel but uh, obviously yeah. we're like in the outskirts of uh of new york which in my mind mud it's gross right outside of new york sorry that's jersey <laughs> there are not enough strip it, malls for this to be jersey i'm sorry <laughs> not I, enough strip malls it's interesting that you say it's outside new york uh, because the definition of a haint uh, is a type of ghost or evil spirit from the Carolina coast. Oh, so that would be further down in Appalachia. Okay, very cool. I actually prefer having no context for where I anything like that. is. Yeah, me too. I like that. There's just you know, it doesn't matter. It's not about the geography. It's just about what's happening in this creepy town. And who cares? You know, it could be it could be a hop skipping away from from where Mickey Mouse is at, from Winnie the Pooh. Like I don't know, don't care, doesn't matter. That would be it. Orlando, Florida, uh, and a <laughs> hundred acre wood. Sorry, it's coming out again. I'll put it away. And actually, Frank. I I felt like uh, you know, speaking of like fantasy characters, I felt like um, Tyler Crook's art style really helped lend itself to that fantasy, almost like fairy tale type of story um where it's like i could see like if if this were like if emmy were a disney princess and this were a kid's book tyler crook could still be the artist he yeah. has the ability to do that and i like the fact that they took that what he does so well and made it you know horrifying mm -hmm. like it doesn't it doesn't completely sit in like ultra scary horror to me like halloween horror it sits in this sort of, you know, like, like we mentioned, you know, it's cut. This episode will come out in November, you know, sort of post the thrills and chills of Halloween, but still in this mode of like things are dying and things are spooky. Yeah, and to <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. I was gonna. I I think this story fits very well 
in this time of year and, and, and that particular time. I think to, to Sean's point, the, he almost has like a cartoony aspect to the drawing. Like there's, there's nothing, there's nothing too much that is very realistic. I think he's able to set the scene and set a tone within that or in, in the surrounding environments in the woods, you know, naturally in the, in the dark can be a scary place, but then the character, sometimes you have these, uh, for me, it's the eyes that always catch me. You have these like really round eyes are very clear, very distinct, but then in other moments, it's just dots. And that feels like cartoonish. It feels like, like a Tintin almost situation. And um, that helped me feel like I was, oh, this is, this is right for comics. This is that, like he's, he's keyed into something where he can make it somewhat realistic with his facial expressions, but then at the same time, uh, a little playful and not as serious or as involved as it would be in, let's say a straight, uh, you know, slasher film or something. Yeah. There's something cute and quaint about the horror and the art in this mm. which is it's mm. just, which is weird like they show like uh this giant behemoth black be- beast thing and i'm like oh but he's kind of he's kind of cute you know i kind of want to pet him <laughs> at the same time um even like the skinless boy it's just like oh that's just a little boy you know uh he's got he's got a mascot thing about it yeah him. yeah exactly like it is Horrifying. Oh, the, the the skin, the talking skin, scariest shit in this book. I fucking hate that shit. Um, <laughs> it's like the first hate that you get introduced to, really. And I was like, oh, oh this is what, where the book's going? Um, ugh, that was gross. But um, you know what I would love? Because since talking about the Tyler Crook art and the hates in this, like in the in the trades, there's like sketches in the back. But I would love like a monsterology of all the hates with like almost oh, like yeah. – uh, like an encyclopedia of all the different haints, what they are, what they do, um, why they are. That would be a super killer. Cause like by the time volume two is done and I, I don't, I assume there's probably more in volumes up to what? Six, eight. I think it's about, Oh wow. Yeah. So there's probably a good amount more, but like, uh, some of the designs of them are, are great. It's got classic kind of like American folklore influences on it too. Uh, that I really enjoy. Uh, Marco, do you have Tyler Crook art yourself? I do actually. Uh, so this cover, I got the actual original that he he drew. Uh, I don't have You're it really? here. It's at it's at my parents' house, but uh, oh, I have sick. this, and then I have a commission from his that's hanging on the wall over here. Is that the Swamp Thing one? It's a Sandman, actually. I was thinking Swamp Thing, but I'm like, no, oh, he could probably okay. he could probably go all out with some Sandman. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, uh, the 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 thing is like huge too, because he like legit drew it and you can see all the strokes in it uh, it doesn't translate as well here but you can see yeah and, and the cover doesn't come off as as well but you can see the strokes you can see like where he he placed uh his his pen it was phenomenal it looks gorgeous in the back matter he even describes how he inks his art he inks it like it's about to be digitally colored but then he uses watercolor over it yeah mm-hmm. um, which is a weird technique and i and it, and it and it lends this like look to the book that i don't really see anywhere um, and I, and I, I, I loved the art in this. I thought Tyler Crook killed it in this. The Marco, water... am I? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. A- am I right in thinking that he tries something different every with every book he does? Uh, sometimes he he recently got into gouache, which is like a mix of watercolor and oil, and that's been like super vibrant. I don't know that he's done a book recently with it, but he is currently dropping a 
a web series and that's actually all digital like six gun was i think all digital art i don't think all any of that was ink and pen necessarily uh so he he does try to experiment every once in a while Good, good Instagram follow. And he uh, does YouTube stuff where you can actually see him and his process and how he does everything. He like consistently wears a glove as he's marking down and like inking and all that. Um, I think one of the, just like out of the gate uh, from that first issue, we just introduced into the world. Um, one of the things that we've talked about whenever we do pals polls, and in particular when we use when we see people use a lot of caption boxes, sometimes it's too text heavy. And I'm thinking of Judgment Day with Sai, no, with uh, with Kieran Gillen, and sometimes you just get these massive caption boxes. But I like what Bun does here, where he uses quite a few, maybe two to three in each panel, but they're not text heavy so you can keep, kind of keep them use them as beats and use them to sort of keep a rhythm and continue the story moving forward and um that was one of the, the things that in this reread i really paid attention to because that felt like it kept the pace going at a really consistent pay, uh, at a really consistent rate um it felt like i got all the information i needed and it never overcrowded the art because i mean you can't right this is gorgeous gorgeous art and for you to start you know bidding out whatever you want on a, on a page, you can't do that. And so I think to Bun's credit, he's probably very cognizant while he was writing this to make sure that, yes, I want to tell my story. I want to pace it out, but also I can't be so wordy as to uh, disrupt what, what Tyler Kirk is doing here. So uh, kudos to that. Cause that, that worked really, really well in this reread for me. I jumped right back in. And, and not only is it, uh, it's paced well on that, but I feel like the, those those narration boxes, the blue boxes, um, lends a rhythm to the book too. That I kind of think it keeps mm. throughout it, and, and it kind of I think that's what helps lend to the like, oh, I got to get to the next page. I got to keep getting to the next page mm. um, of the book. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty well done. Like I usually, I'm not a big narration box kind of guy. I think it could kind of muddy up a page, and I think it's a crutch. Uh, but it worked here, especially when you when your character. Um, Emmy, Ellie, Emmy, Emmy, Emmy. Emmy. Um, she's so uh, introspective because of all these different changes going on in her life. Um, it makes sense that you know you would get that that internal internal uh, uh, struggle in a way that's more you know visible and you can read it. Uh, yeah, I liked it, I, which is weird that I like narration because that is not usually my thing. I appreciated the fact that it wasn't her voice; that yeah. it's just an yeah. actual narrator, and that it's not a character, it's not a person yep. that presumably we're ever going to know um it keeps it even it keeps it so that you don't have to parse through every you don't have to like analyze what's the meaning of what's this person saying you know um it's sort of just straight up like here's the information here's the the mood here's what's playing into this scene it's additive um and i think that you know it utilizes something that i mean narration boxes are pretty exclusive to comics um, other mediums have narrators, but you know, narration box is a pretty unique thing to comics, and I think it utilizes that really well and blends it well with horror. Where sometimes, for me, too many words could take away from what I'm trying to, what's supposed to scare me. You know, mm -hmm. less is always more in horror. I think over wordiness can negate that. So I think there was a lot of like smart crafting that went into all of that. 
And I almost think the, the narration added the spookiness to it in a way, too. Um, like almost like a Vincent Price kind of narrator in the back, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I know it's me going back to the fucking Disney ride, but I, I blame Kel for mentioning me as, you know, the Tyler of Terror, but like like the, the, the ghost host of the Haunted Mansion that kind of narrates the ride for you and adds this creepiness yeah. to it in the background. Yeah. Um, I like that. And, and, but also stands back when he knows, you know, yeah, there's yeah. Not, stuff not an active going on. person, yeah. 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 Um, one of the things I really noticed about this book is for me, there was a very clear and, and maybe it's because I, you know, I'm in the reread, but I'm also real, uh, because of school, I'm also really trying to examine stories and story structure and stuff. Um, she has a very clear moment of change. Um, in this first volume, uh, you know, you see the moment when she decides, all right, I guess I'm a fucking witch. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And so I kind of went back and started trying to like dissect it and trying to find like the five act structure in the first volume or whatever, but I only came up with three, which I also thought was really interesting. It was, well, I think it, it's, it's that classic loss of innocence. You know, yeah, yeah. It's it's her realizing that that these people, air quotes, you know, because we don't really know. What, uh, do they mm. ever give them a name of what they are? They're they're people, but they're like clay people or whatever. I they're think it's just like, Womans, a, like a haint, haint or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like that, the, the the people that she's known her entire life, that that her 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 pa, the person she thought was was her dad the entire time, have turned on her, and it's such an instant change for her that she has to then change instantly as well. Um, that didn't work as well for me this time as it did when I first read it and 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 in subsequent rereads like I noticed I'm like oh the the point where I think it's issue three or four where they're they're back in the house and they're about to you know she's like you know I'm not I'm not Hester I'm not the witch this isn't who I'm gonna be I'm, I'm a nice person and they lunge at her and then she just like kind of disintegrates them that and then the that moment where she's having all these dark thoughts, I, I got the context that okay, you know, the the witch aspect is probably pulling her into that darkness. But then for her to become lucid again, and then say, "I have this power, and I can like essentially, I can fuck you up with this. I can do harm to you. Don't try me." That felt a little dissonant for the moment, and that took me out for a second because I'm like, "Oh wait, hold on a second. Mm. We, we had this girl who, like Tyler said, you know, she, she's going through this loss of innocence and she's realizing these people want to hurt her. She wants to retaliate, but that seemed to conflict slightly with her character. And I wasn't sure if I was feeling the, the fact that she was being influenced more by the witch and that was just like now part of her persona. And if it was, that didn't feel like it was made clear or as clear as it could have been. I think you're just watching her grow. Like she's yeah. she's in a situation she's never been in before. She doesn't know what these powers are about. She doesn't fully understand why people want to kill her. I think you're watching her in the moment, you know, figure out who she is. And you're supposed to feel like it's not all the way clear because it's not to her. Mm. And also, I like, also think. I, oh, please I, go ahead. Yeah, as my first time reading this, 
there was the question of like, oh, is is now in her vulnerable state? Is the witch now taking over? Um, I wonder if because you've read it before, you already know how she is. So like that, yeah. that question isn't there for you anymore. Um, for me at my first mm. try, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, now that she's, you know, like weak uh, in a sense, um, the witch uh, part of her is, is, is kind of overtaking. And then that whole like, you know, will she be a witch? Won't she be a witch? Will she, won't she? Um, kind of progressed me throughout that first volume. Mm, okay. Yeah. When I when I read this the first time, I felt like meeting those fire haints or whatever. Uh, they're so cool. I felt, like, I felt like they were in that cemetery for a long time. And then reading it in this time, it was like, oh, no, that's a, a page, two yeah. pages. <laughs> like, um. But Marco, I think that I think the thing that you're sort of overlooking is like those those two moments have like a whole issue between them. You know, she uh, she like it's true. You know, she she commands the the fiery haints, and then you know she's attacked by her paw, but then she doesn't let the skinless boy kill him, and there she decides, okay, hold on. I can control this. But then as a consequence of that, she's kidnapped by uh, Mr. Sorrell. And so within that consequence, she's like, well, fuck you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then she decides to let, uh, you know, let him die. And I think that was sort of after that, that's where that middle ground of, listen, don't fuck with me. Or are you going to find out? Mm, that's fair yeah yeah like that that progression at that point can you can yeah. spill it out okay i gotta say the mr sorrell thing in a book full of gross shit um his cauliflower ear and that close-up not yeah. really gross didn't like it was not a fan <laughs> his pink house oh yeah that's right oh you had a trouble with his interior design rather than yeah. uh <laughs> i mean listen it was gross the, but like the true haint of this book yeah that's right <laughs> You know, weirdly, this will this will be timely for us recording. But that guy Leslie Jordan just died. I read that. I read Mister Sorrell in his voice. Oh, that tracks. Yeah, that sort of uh, you know effeminate Southern uh, gay accent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, watch watch uh, watch some American Horror Story: Drag Race, and then you'll 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 hear it. I hear his voice in a lot of stuff, honestly. I was a big Leslie Jordan fan. <laughs> All right, great. Um, yeah, I, I, Sean to I save think... The day. <laughs> Sorry? So here comes Sean to save the day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think I love the fact that the first volume is so technically proficient. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's fun to read things that are... And, of course, you know, to see things from a from an art standpoint that are just really technically well done um and especially i, I want to go out on a limb and say when this came out to my knowledge there weren't like there wasn't this deluge of horror books that we kind of have now not that it's overdone but it's probably true yeah um so it was really it's fresh for its time as well I think so. This yeah, was probably uh, that was like image. That was peak image sci-fi era. 
You know yeah, I mean? that was a that was a trope slash sci-fi or trope slash fantasy at image. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is definitely a fresh a, a breath of fresh air for for sure, and got me into horror at this point. Like this was the book that was like, oh, horror as a genre in comics. Yes, this needs to continue to happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I. I gotta say though, um, as much as I love the first volume, I, I the second volume left me kind of underwhelmed. Okay, um, I was gonna go into that too. Yeah, please. Cool. Yeah. Um, I love the the like, and it's so smart too. The idea that oh, she has this twin sister who's much more into the fact that you know they have this horrible history and stuff like that, and wants to embrace the legacy of their mother. And, you know, she strolls into town and causes, you know, this big mess. I actually thought that that was going to be something that would play out over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, you know, a longtime reader of comics, I would imagine that, you know, Twin Sissy is going to come on back and cause more trouble down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an arc unto itself, it actually felt like it It was kind of... Um, uh, it didn't reach its apex. Like it didn't. It didn't. Doesn't feel complete. I don't think Emmy went through enough. You know, she just kind of got chased and yeah. figured out what was going on and had a plan already enacted uh, to deal with this. Felt a little bit too easy. I thought they could have leveraged the town, maybe fearing the fact that they think, "Oh my God, she's doing this." You know, she's turning on us the way we thought she would. Mm. Um, I thought they would leverage that more, and that didn't really happen. Um, and the mom just kind of coming and sucking her down to hell. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the body of the mom, the carcass of the mom from all those years ago, uh, it was a cool moment visually, but I don't know that I really got it from a story standpoint. Like, why did that happen? Um, you know, why doesn't she just come do chaos and why are they so comfortable with the fact that they just leave her ass there like what happens if i stand there do i get dragged to hell you know like that's crazy it even had the tree grow leaves like the tree uh was given life again from that Mm. yeah after the fact um the volume two smelled like like volume one is so complete it's like all right here's my story it's a small story and it's done relatively by the end of it sure you can do more but but the actual story is done um yeah volume two feels like oh this was a hit i need more story <laughs> um mm. where like it's like all right and here's this sister we don't really get an explanation for um if she's she's in the in one of the the panels that they show in one of emmy's dreams in yeah like oh, the, okay. yeah, and like one of the I coffins, that, you yeah. see two people inside. Like, they pull her out, and then there's another decrepit body. But they yeah. mention the twin or something. Yeah. Got it. Okay, I, I thought that was the mom in there. That's where my disconnect was. Mm. Uh, but but still, I I think I agree. And one of the things in this reread that I felt like both of the conclusions were somewhat wrapped up really quick. In the first volume, she just kind of blasts away those people who were about to attack her. She says, I'm not going to do this anymore. And everyone's like, okay, cool. Let's let's move on with our lives. And that felt a little abrupt. And then in similar fashion to what Sean just pointed out, in, in this, she, she summons the body of Hester to drag Cammy down into uh, presumably hell. And that's it. 
clean, wrap, we're back to business as usual. This farmhouse needs to be cleaned out of something, you know? And that was, I think, coming back to it were, were my only critiques where that felt probably a bit better month to month because yeah. you had the weight, you had the anticipation, you knew next issue, yes, this is the conclusion, and you would kind of come back to it really hungry. Um, but in this case, it's back to back, and that felt very, very quick and, and very just convenient to some degree. And I didn't like that as much. It, it still was executed well, but I think there, it, it could have been something from a storytelling perspective that would have made it a bit more cohesive. Yeah, the the monsters that sort of take her side don't all really make a ton of sense to a certain degree like the 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 big you know abandoned minotaur or whatever it is um you know he shows up and fights with emmy against her sister but it's not super clear to me why like maybe you know i guess the the idea is that emmy is coming when she comes to visit him it's out of sort of respect and a respect of what they're past relationship was whereas Cammy comes with a, a bribe I guess yeah I um, think there's a genuineness to Emmy's approach to where this monster recognizes that aspect of, of her character even yeah. even you know the the initial witch you know her mother um, she clearly had a relationship with these creatures where it seems like it's beyond thrall. They're they're yeah. enthralled by her, but it's not just that. There's something else. Because yeah. even he's like, I don't. You don't control me, and I feel abandoned by you because you left me and you said you you know that wouldn't happen. So he's just more pissed off about the past stuff. But he sees in her that genuineness that he saw in the witch that he doesn't see in Cammy because Cammy's a liar and he doesn't respect that. She tried to. Make him think, oh, well, it's all good. We're a happy family. Here's this great picnic with all the food that you like. Do me a favor. You know, um, he's free now. He doesn't want to do that. Do me a solid. Here's some spoiled meat. That was so Yeah, there's some like subtly gross shit in this that like really it. grinds at the things I don't like. Oh, um, really? The, the spoiled meat eating. No, skin boy. Nah, not into that. I'm with you. I, I uh, love that shit. The, I, I remember turning, to, I didn't realize that we got just the skinless boy that quick and turning that page and seeing the blood. I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah. All right. Totally forgot this happened here. Yes. I remember when I worked at Barnes Noble and, and volume one has the skin boy on it, like the skin out of the, the luggage or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. hiding this book uh, in the front display it was supposed to be in. I was like, all right, nope. Instead, I'm going to put Greg Rucka's Batwoman. Um, this thing's gross. Uh, <laughs> so sorry, sorry, Colin Bunn. Sorry, it's kind of creepy. That's all. And when I say it's not my thing, I mean like it's disgusting. You know, it, it it's great. Like it's all it works all great and stuff, but it's just so nasty. And it could have been like good looking chicken too. You know, like I love me some chicken. So. <laughs> and also, like the nasty spoiled meat is bad, but the fact that. Cammy is eating it and she yeah, looks she, like a regular girl yeah. and she's just sucking that down is so nasty. Yeah. That's what it's worse. And and I think that's one of the strengths of this whole this whole story is like 
these subtly creepy things. Yeah. Like even like the what were they? They were like whole like people full of holes that were controlled by rats. Yeah. Like I like rats. I'm a fan of rats. I'm a big fan of rats. Um, But even that was like, nah, nah, no, thanks. I'm okay. There was like a what is it? Trip tryptophobia. It's it's the fear of holes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, I don't have that, but I might now. You know. Um, so Tyler Crook is is it? It's almost like a um, I forget the name of the artist, but the guy who did the Goosebumps covers, where like he kind of like encapsulated this yeah. creepiness in in art in very quick and succinct ways that really kind of like just slight like slightly graze the hairs at the back of your neck it's not like full-on horror or gore but it's just it 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 pinpoints something you know that human mind won't like and just just runs with it which i think is pretty expertly done it's uh tim jacobus yes yes who was at your comic con this year yeah that's right yeah yeah he was selling stuff that's cool yeah it was can i just say that there are times when Tyler Crook draws the woods and it's like, I feel like they're literally endless. That blackness that you can see is just like, if you walk in there, I don't know. You might, you might never find your way out one okay. step in and it's over. That's how it looks. And then whenever like there's eyes, red eyes popping out and it's like, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is a fucked up town. This is a, this town is a mess. And how could you ever go into those woods? It, oh man! It, it reminds me of one of the scariest things I, I've in like in like film that I can remember, and that's Snow White. Like people forget that Snow White was not a kids' movie; it was an adult movie made in animation. So that wood scene where Snow White goes in the woods is still fucking horrifying. Um. And it kind of gave me that that kind of vibe, which uh, well done, well done. I think to to his credit, he's able to make it look really creepy and just scary to approach. But then in other instances, like during the day, totally fine. Looks like a, a sunny brook in some in some spots. Really cutesy town, and the way he's able to on a dime just by something like a color change, or maybe something has a, is a bit more obscured and a bit more moody with like black uh black inks and maybe some darker tones transforms is the the entire world and i think to that that's really artistic uh it takes a lot of skill considering he did all of it art colors mm. and lettering and yeah. lettering yeah that's wild yeah also can we talk about that townsman who wants uh emmy to do him a favor yeah <laughs> by like I hate that dude yeah such a jerk but then cammy does him the favor but then like he she does him the favor and then her uh his wife's you know the guy who's obsessed with his wife comes and he's got flowers bulging out of his eyes and he's just like oh, oh my god just a nasty nasty visual you want to talk about stuff i don't like that's rough <laughs> It was like a scary stories to tell in the dark sort of uh, feel. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> did Did you guys have in the you, you all read the trade? Uh, yeah. I did. Yeah. Like the, the, the back matter and stuff. Yeah. Did that? Was that there? Like the I, the I, one page stories? Yes. I, yeah. I read. I read I the one page stories. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah. Those real good ones, and 
they they progress and they get different artists for them and stuff throughout the entire series. It's very cool. Since I read a little bit more, I'm not sure like which I'm not sure which you guys read that I that, that I'm not sure which I read that you didn't the one pagers, but there's one with a train that I really loved. Uh, do you guys remember oh, that? Man. Mine didn't have mine didn't have those. No. Oh. Dang. Like at all? No. Oh man. Because I think you... I think, I think my edition was the original trades. I don't think it was in, in, in this set, Sean. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Because I, I don't remember reading those of the yeah, of the stuff those. that I have. Okay. Do they follow certain characters or is it it's just like Tales of Harrow County. So other oh. stuff, spooky stuff happens. There's one my favorite's the the baby. Um that there's like a, a legend that in other towns, you know, this thing appears, but in this in Harrow County in particular, sometimes you'll hear the crying of a of a baby that still has its uh umbilical cord and the horror the it's like bloodied and walking around. But the real scary thing is the thing that is attached to the umbilical cord and it's just like this looming shadow figure. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah weird, weird admission, but the idea of an umbilical cord used to freak me the fuck out as a kid. Um, and I was worried that like I would still have a piece of my umbilical cord in me. It was a weird fear. I was a weird kid. <laughs> All I right. just admit that. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Why? Why would you put that here? <laughs> uh, hey, I'm the one who can edit the show. <laughs> yeah. Um. So did this did this uh, inspire you, Tyler? Because we're the ones that haven't read this. Uh, did you, did this inspire you to want to keep going? Um, it would I like to keep reading this? Yes. Do I know if I have the time? Oh, no idea. <laughs> um, yeah. This is one of those things where, like, I I might like if I see the library editions somewhere at a, at a shop, I'd probably pick those up because um, mm-hmm. I do like library editions. I think that's like. I'm a big shelf porn kind of guy. I like a good looking shelf. So trades, yeah, it fills in the gaps, but I like a nice hardcover. So if I see those in the shop, I'd probably pick those up. Um, it might be one of those things I get to eventually. You know, I'm, I'm super behind on my weekly, so uh, we'll see. But yeah, no, th- there is an urge to read more for sure. I think the bigger urge is like, oh, I want to see what the hell fucking Tyler Crook is doing going forward. Um, this oh. is my, my first thing. I, I think I read Matter Black like for Longbox way back when, um, but... I wasn't as a, as a, my, my taste wasn't as fine back then. You know what I mean? It was being uh, uh, muddied by uh, 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 the, the thoughts of a co-host. <laughs> did uh, did he just do Apache delivery service with uh, Matt Kent? No, that's, that's Tyler, Tyler Jenkins. Oh, different Tyler. Yeah, different yeah. Tyler. I don't a lot know of Tyler's he, out there, right? I don't know that he's Wild. doing anything actively, but. Beside his uh, his current, uh, what call it, like digital comic. Oh no, that's not true. He's he they have he's a new book coming out. Hold on one one second. In any event, yeah. um, I I definitely want to continue with this. Um, mm. This is a really interesting world, and I feel like there's a lot of like seeds being planted. In fact, just going on into the next volume, you can see that. Um, there's stuff that happened here that's like, oh, okay. And you don't even necessarily even notice it. And then as you move forward, you're like, wow, right. That was, 
that was this. Like there's a lot of connecting elements. Um, and I imagine that that will continue. I imagine that the mother will make her grand return. I imagine that, you know, the sister will make her return. So there's a lot of stuff waiting in the wings. I agree. I think um, that if this were to be just the initial few issues, that first volume, um, it that'd be fine. But I feel like there's more. And I, I think this, with the strength of this creative team, just kind of what they've showed off, I imagine that the payoff getting to the end will be pretty good. So I will say as someone who's made it there, it, it, it goes a lot of different places and it introduces a lot of new concepts. I don't know if you've met, have you met cousins at all, Sean? Uh, no. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that, there's a lot that happens. Nice. Can't wait. Thick. Love it. Did you figure out what Tyler Crook's new book is? I did. Uh, the Lonesome Hunters number one. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, that came out recently. And, <clears throat> uh, so that's the the four issue media that he's working on. It came out earlier in June and it's been collected in a, a trade. So if anyone wants to pick it up, Dark Horse. You know what I'd like to see? I, I want to see Colin Bunn doing an issue of Silver Coin. Oh, Get dude. A quick, a quick one and done. Has it happened yet? Idea. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, no. it seems like a match made in hell <laughs> sort of thing, but. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for uh, this month's book club. Unless you guys have anything else you want to address, uh, I think this is a great this is a great horror story um, by a team that really understands how to do horror. I think if you're still in the mood for that, which I imagine a lot of people listening to this are, um, this would be in the upper echelon of recommendations for horror books. Um, yeah, I think I think just that first volume is. Uh, tells a great story i think the second one is a nice it's a it's a decent addendum that but that story doesn't feel like as good of a place to end um if you were only going to read a bit of it than just that first volume so i'd recommend the first volume to anyone who's still in a horror mood it's a good really really great book uh give it a shot for sure absolutely i yeah. mean november has the the scariest of all the holidays thanksgiving if you're going to if you're going to Cammy's house for Thanksgiving, oh yeah, true. <laughs> turkey ain't gonna be good. I mean, I've had similar turkey. Um, did you guys have a a favorite haint? I want to throw that out there. That black bone squishy too, monster the bone thing. Bone sauce boy. Yeah. I yeah, like bone, bone sauce. sauce guy. That I don't know what cool. bone sauce is. That kind of sounds good. Like I kind of want that. It's like kind of. Like, I imagine it's like a marrow, right? Yeah, it's gotta be like a marrowy kind of umami flavor, right? Ooh. Tyler, uh, whenever um, <laughs> whenever Macho Man is in the kitchen, bone sauce. <laughs> That's when Spider Man has the uh, homophobic uh, uh, comeback, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Mine... big dude, the big, the big black monster creature. The yeah, the abandoned one. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think mine might be the uh, the skinless boy. That's it's a good one. So so good. I think it's insanely creative. Yeah. I don't like how there's two aspects and of him. There's like I, skin that's what I like the most about him. Part. Yeah. Kel, have you read past this at all? I think I've read up to four. Okay, volume cool. four. Yeah. Yeah. I cause like there was stuff that happened here that I thought had already happened. Uh so yeah, I think I've read up to four. 
Okay. Um, I I also have started trying to collect this uh, uh, physically. Um, so it's another damned series that Marco's got me trying to. Oh yeah. Collect yeah. Oh sweet. Uh, I see a couple spaces see... available on the bookshelf there. You could fill it in. Yeah. Please. I'm gonna see maybe maybe on the on the main show. Uh, so I actually have a pact with my brother. Every five years we switch paintings. So I'm getting this painting back this year. Uh, and he's gonna take the Sandman, so you might see more of it coming soon. A pact? Yeah, yeah, because it was a lot of money, so we're like, all right, we're gonna you share it. On it. You have, you have joint custody. Okay. Oh, yeah, all right, all right. So we, all right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. We, we switch who gets to display what every few years. I thought you bought it, and like you're just like letting him have like a cultured <laughs> apartment or something, you know? Like, oh, well, I have actual art in my walls, you know, sort of. No, thing. no. The, the faces of the three of us went. What the hell? <laughs> well, when you mentioned like a pact in this horror like yeah. story, I was like, what the fuck were you doing? No, it's weird. Somebody Satan. Your, uh, what else do you do on a Saturday you know? night? Hey, I've heard what you do on the weekend. It's, it's not far off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kale, you are going somewhere. I'm trying to get the hell out of here. There you go. Thank go you home. so much for listening to this episode of the Comics Pals Book Club. We will see you next month with whatever the hell you pick. Uh, you can pick on Patreon. All you got to do is join. You can join Patreon uh, and pick the books. We do uh, newsletters. We do uh, get-togethers. We just did, as this comes out, we just got together and watched the first Blade film with the uh, Patreon community. I already know that was a blast. Uh, and you can join. Do you want to watch the Adams Family 2 for a Thanksgiving film? Let us know. I've never seen that. I, I, I recommend it. Okay. You can find us everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube. TikTok. At the Comics Pals. Oh, don't forget TikTok. I always forget TikTok. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And um, that's it. Got it. Till next month. Guys, see you next month. <laughs> <laughs>